The Courage to Lead, Episode 61. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. I'm having a great week because I get to do the things that I do, which is help entrepreneurs and uh, small business professionals to become better, stronger, more courageous leaders. And I get to interview great guests. I'll tell you, I found this guy on YouTube. I subscribed. I've watched, I think I binge watched most of his videos. Uh, they're, they're great. We'll talk a lot more about those, but please help me welcome my guest, Alze Calhoun. Alze Calhoun has been a business coach since 2008 and helps owners of boutique consulting firms scale without stress. Imagine fewer proposals, easier sales calls, better behaved clients, and more days off. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to sign up right now. (laughs) Uh, These are the results. He works hard to create for his clients as founder of his business, Coveted Consultant. He also runs a popular YouTube channel offering insights on the process. Jose, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Truly. Absolutely. Like I said, I think I binge watched all of your videos. Love the videos, not just because they're entertaining, which they really are, but they're insightful, they're mm. thought-provoking, and they're, they're actionable. Mm. It's actually something you can put into action right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like, there's so much blah, blah, blah out there. Yeah. And your videos are straight to the point. Love them. Well done. Very well Thank done. You. Thank you, sir. Um, so I want to talk about those. I want to talk about how you started uh, Covenant Consultant, kind of where you're going from here. But before we get started, I've got 10 questions I'd like to ask you. These are the questions made famous on the uh, television show Inside the Actor Studio, where the host James Lipton asked his guests, um, Hollywood stars and stars of film, TV, and stage, yep. uh, he asked them these questions. I figure if they're good enough for his Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. I'm so, game. All right. Alze, question number one, what is your favorite word? Favorite word is uh, Effort. What is your least favorite word? Can't. Yes. What turns you on? Um, I was going to say effort. Uh, uh, um, we'll go with effort. Okay. We'll go with effort. <laughs> what turns you off? Quitting. What sound or noise do you love? or noise man i want to cheat and say smell that was first thing that came to mind was smell but you that's not what you ask uh sound or noise uh birds are beautiful especially early in the morning when you wake up birds are beautiful absolutely birds uh what a sound or noise do you hate um car crashes like when a, when, a, when a car screeches you and you, you kind of know what what what, what what what's what's coming next and they collide, and then so yeah. the, the 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 screech opens up a picture in your brain. Yeah, especially when it happens behind you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I'll say, what is your favorite curse word? Uh, the one that rhymes with quit. Okay. <laughs> awesome. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? <sighs> okay, I have the. I'm going to cheat just a little bit. I have tried to do every profession I really wanted to do. Um, and I, and that's an honest statement. That's not just something for fun. Um, but let me, let me, let me, let me be present with the question. Um, 
um, I know I know I have a a a certain passion for teaching. So being a college professor may okay. may be or maybe even at the master's degree level may be something that I would really enjoy doing. Okay. I've heard that before uh, from folks, but haven't haven't stepped into that field. Awesome. No, I think you'd be good at it. absolutely. What profession would you not like to do? Um. Uh, any profession that does not allow for my autonomy. Um, I've realized that uh, autonomy doesn't mean absolute control, but I need to have, I need to feel some level of influence, control, sure. flexibility in what I'm doing. And when I cannot do that, I, I don't function very well. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> with you. All right. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, well done. Well done. Well done. Good yes, job. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we will be back. We're going to talk a little bit about how you got started, how you got started with Coveted Consultants. Um, what do you think about courage and leadership? And uh, we'll talk about your YouTube channel, right? Yeah. And we'll be yeah. back. We'll be back right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Jose Calhoun. Jose, great to uh, talk to you. Thanks again for being on the show. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, tell me about how you got started. You've been a consultant coach, a business coach since 2008. Yeah. What were you doing before that? Yeah, uh, my... My, I finished from MBA school in 2006. Okay. I finished from undergrad in 2001. So you can do the math and kind of see, you know, what that, what that looks like. My, so my undergrad experience and even my master's degree experience, I thought I was training to be a management consultant, a classic mm -hmm. Accenture, McKinsey and company, mm -hmm. Bain and company, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers management mm -hmm. consultant. And that just wasn't in the cards. That's just not how my career ended up unfolding. But that is my training. That is my skill set. That is that is that is kind of the when I look when I looked in the mirror. That's that's the person that I that I saw. And um, so I started to offer manage, management consulting for or a, as an online business. That was my version of the online business. So okay. uh, when I when I left my last job around two thousand and eight. Uh, I guess a, a little before that, um, that was kind of my thinking was I was going to become this management consulting and off consultant and offer my services online. Okay. Uh, I got a lot wrong. I got a lot wrong. Uh, yeah. The first thing I realized was management consulting is, is, was, was too heady of an idea. What the heck is that? So then I quickly became a marketing consultant fast. Okay. okay. And so I, I ended up running this, 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 this digital agency doing, doing agency stuff, which is fine. Um, uh, you know, made money doing it. Uh, that's not really the kind of work I want to do. Number one, number two, I got incredibly overwhelmed. Um, if you've done any level of online marketing work, you know, the level of detail involved with any of it, right. the, the software tools, the things to hook up, the things to understand, and they're ever changing. So that's, there's that. 
Then there's all the client service stuff. You got clients, they need things, they have deadlines, et cetera. You got the folks you're working with, the vendors and the suppliers and, and the, et cetera. And so all of those details at the same exact time caused me an immense amount of stress. Mm. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, I've, I've been to the chiropractor. I have suffered exhaustion. I have suffered depression. I've, I've certainly suffered, suffered feasts and famine. You got money, you don't have money. Mm. And like, what is this? Like, what is that? Like, what, what is, what is this experience? Why are we having this experience? And, and more so as I'm serving clients, they've got the same disease. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at them. They've got the same problems I've got. I'm like, and they're making more money. Many of them were making, were making they had, they had a, the budget to hire a service like mine. So they had, yeah. but they had money. What's the problem? Okay. So fast forward here. Um, um, I, there's two things that matter. I think for those who might be listening, there's two things here. One is I had to double down on what I cared most about, what I was good at and cared most about. And the, and the pure consulting slash coaching side of the business, what I cared the most about the strategic side is what I care the most about. That's number one. Secondly is, is, is if, you cannot do that well if you have 100,000 details flying around your head every single day. You can't, you just cannot. I don't care how bright you think you are. You can't do it. And so those two things was, is what created Coveted Consultant. It was, it, was, it was the reality that, listen, coaching is what I want to do more of, but if I do it, it's got to be a more elegant approach so it's, it's healthy for me and for those I serve. And that's how I got here. Excellent. So tell me about that elegant approach because this is one thing I, I kind of picked up on when I first started watching your, your videos and stuff. It's, keeping it simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, it's a, it, and it's this idea of keeping it simple is a, is a commitment. It's a mantra. It's before we get to anything complex and sexy, this idea of, is that simple? And if you have to think about it, it's not. So there are so many things in our brains that we allow to fly around that are not simple. We're, 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 we're clamoring through them. We're, we're, we're bumbling through them and we use our big fancy words, but we're not saying anything. So we are, we, are, we are tricking ourselves. So, so, so first of all, keep this idea of keeping it simple is, is, is important before we even get into any of the detail. Okay, a little bit of the detail here. What will simplify, especially for, 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 for those of us that sell service-based businesses, consultants of some kind, there are three main pillars that help our business stand up. Client acquisition, client service, and client retention. It's not 30 things. It's not 3,000 things. It's three acquisition, service, and retention. So you need to spend your best energy, your high-minded, awesome, well-intentioned energy refining those three ideas and get aggressive about it. And as you do that, things get simpler and that simple creates speed and that speed gets you, gets you toward the profits that, you, that, you, that you're after. So the speed we're all looking for, right? The scale that we're all looking for is found in our simplicity. But you've got to you've got to go after go after go after it with both hands because they won't just walk up to you and say hello, right? And and simplifying things is letting go. You can't be everything to everybody. You right. can't, like I said, you can't do everything. You're going to work yourself to death. So you talk about a lot focusing in on one product or service. That's right. right? Or really, really simplify. Talk a little bit about that. Your productized. Yeah. Service. So, so in this, 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 this understanding that I'm, I'm reflecting, I wish I read it in a book. I didn't, I had to figure this out one block at a time, one client at a time, one life moment at a time and try to figure out why it hurts so much, why it was so difficult to get through what seemed to be so simple. And so this, this perspective I'm offering you through my own blood, sweat and tears, if you will. So I just said three pillars, acquisition, service, and retention. So inside client service is this thing called a productized service. 
I didn't invent that term. I, I knew it was a thing that one we, we should be doing it, but I didn't have a, a term for it. So I go to Google, I, I type it, type in a hundred things and Google tells me that that's what they call it. Cool. Yeah. It's got a name. Great. So I, mm -hmm. I start, I start repeating that name. The, the spirit of what we're talking about here, again, to keep the idea manageable is that we're talking about turning your intangible service into a tangible product. It's a lot easier to buy a book mm -hmm. than it is to buy ideas or advisory a theory, right? Yes. Or a theory. Yeah. And so that's why consultants have been writing books for years mm -hmm. because it is a more tangible way of experiencing what that consultant knows. Right. So, so there's many ways of, of, of applying productizing besides having to write the be all end all book. Cause that mm -hmm. by itself can be, can be intimidating. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to turn our intangible services into tangible products that make it much easier for a client to, to experience, digest, and then decide between, do you want book A or book B? I can look at them and go, uh, book B. And that's the way you want clients to decide when it's $10,000, $40,000, $100,000 fees. You want the same elegance of, of, of decision, A or B, uh, B, $45,000. And so we have to create that for our clients, make it possible to, to be that precise with, with, with their decisions. Nice. And is that, is that what you say that most consulting firms get wrong, that uh, the conventional approach to business consulting, is that what they're getting wrong? That is certainly a big one. And, okay. and, and this idea of, when you, when, you, when you commit to the idea of a productized service, there are a number of problems that melt away. So when you, when you ask about, is this the thing that, 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 that firms are getting wrong? Uh, there are a number of things that pain us as consultants, and we don't appreciate, we don't recognize that what we're offering is the source of a whole rainbow or myriad of things. Mm -hmm. So one of them quickly is the, is the proposal process. This proposal process is days, weeks, months long. It is a humongous, expensive dog and pony show. Yeah. And many of us opt into it. We say, yes, we'll play. We'll play. And we play for, again, for as long as the, as the, as the prospect wants to dance, we do this dance. And we absorb all the fees. How many times can you afford to do that? Not only with your money, but with your time. It's so expensive. So when you've, when you've productized it, which, you, which you're able to now say to, to a prospect is, we can fix that. Is that your issue? We can fix that. We have a very precise way of fixing it. Do you want it fixed or not? Nice. And that is very different than having to describe and re-describe and pitch and re-pitch and represent and represent. Let me give you one more while I'm kind of on a roll here, and sure. then I'll, 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 I'll stop myself. <laughs> but the second big thing that this that that product talking takes away from us is this issue of scope creep. So we work with this client. We like them. They like us. That's fine. But eventually, because they're a client, they're going to ask you for a favor. Hey, while we're here, while you're already in there, when you, hey, when you come by and visit today, can you add that to your list? It's an innocent request, but that wasn't part of what they paid for. But because you're a service professional and you really do believe that you're a servant, you, 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 you do the nice guy thing. You go ahead and you say yes. And so now it's the scope you promise plus one. Well, the, the next time you come in, they ask you again, you're already here. You mind just checking on this, doing that for me? Hey, mail, mail me one of those. Email, email that thing to me, please, when you, when you get done. So now it's the scope you promise plus two. Yeah. And we continue this rhythm until it's plus four, plus eight, plus 12. And before you know it, you're 30, 40, 50% outside of, what, of yeah. what they paid for. And every time they ask you for a favor, no budget came along with it. See, that's painful. That's, we are breaking our own business by, by, by opting into this model. 
again, productized service. Scope, time, and price have already been set. So when, they, when you said, I can fix that, and you told them your method for fixing it, they said yes to that. So now that you are delivering on what you promised and only what you promised, and when we're, and when we're done, we're done. And now we can, we can discuss a new thing if a new, if a new thing is present. So those two things, if we just start there, proposals and scope creep, are, they bleed our profits from us. And, and, and by getting more control over those two things, we get to keep a lot of money and keep a lot of momentum that can be better used for something else. Yeah. And scope creep within a business is one thing, but it seems to happen a lot with consultants. And I've, I've seen it just like you have being a consultant. You're out there. They ask for something. It's like, sure, that's no problem. I can do that. Sure. I've got templates. Sure. I've got this. And you just start adding and adding and adding without thinking. That's right. And once you do it a couple of times, it's hard to go back and say, well, I really think you should pay for this. It's like, right. I didn't pay for all the rest of that, you know? Right. So we kind of set ourselves up. We do. Man. Dude, by and being I, nice, it's all well-intentioned, but it, it ends sure. up causing us trouble. Yeah, absolutely. It, but a lot of service businesses, service industry are like that. Mm-hmm. They just, they want to serve. Like mm-hmm. you said, they want to give, mm-hmm. they want to give. But at some point you're kind of hurting yourself, right? You're shooting yourself in the foot. And I have been guilty. That's one thing I saw in your videos, watching your videos. It's like, Ooh, man, I did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> putting together the proposal, writing them for scratch, putting together all the stuff. It's like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Cause it comes down to the same service that we were providing. My mm-hmm. wife and I are organizational change management consultants. So we'd go in when there's some big organizational change happening. That was what we were doing. If we just said, here's what we do, here's what it'll cost. That would have been the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> in or out at that point, they can, they yeah. can, you know, have it or not have it. That's always their sure. choice. Absolutely. But now, now it, it, it doesn't take six weeks to get to that, to get to that decision. Yeah. And that six, that six weeks better serves both of you is what I would argue. It serves, it serves the prospect well and it, and it serves the consultant well. Yeah. Like I said, you have problem A or B, which one do you want to solve? B done. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So as you're working with these uh, companies, you said, this is one of the things a lot of the boutique type firms get wrong. What else have you seen? What else do you work with these uh, consulting clients with? So, okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, So another one that immediately comes to mind is business development. Which, which I call client acquisition. So the idea okay. here is that w- was that we are trying to acquire clients. And for many of us as consultants, especially, especially those of us who have been around for a while, we get our consult or we get our clients via our Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And I'm using that word on purpose because we know that term, <laughs> yes. right? We, 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 we've been around for a while. So we know what, what, a, what a Rolodex is. And so we've been using our existing network, our Rolodex, to, to, to get clients. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. The trouble with that is that is that the, the, the projects that come are completely unpredictable. Their size is, is unpredictable. Their timing is unpredictable. And their profitability, therefore, is unpredictable. And that's fine. That's fine as, as, long, as, you, as long as you're kind of living within your means, if you will. But when you decide that you want to grow the business, scale the business, uh, if you want to change how you're working, take some days off, et cetera, you don't have that option because you don't have predictability. You don't have any level of predictability or consistency on when the next project comes. Right. So you have to be on call for whenever the project comes. I'm, you're, you're laughing. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I've, I've been there. I mean, it's like you're reading my life story right now. Because yeah. seriously, that that's exactly what happens. Being an independent consultant. I mean, I work for a couple of different companies. But when I decided to go independent, you're right. It's the Rolodex. Who do you know? You know, talk to them and things like that. But 
yeah, what a what a struggle. You it know? works. It, it, it does. And so there, there's this. This is what lulls you to sleep. It works. And and this 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 kind of traditional Rolodex way of getting clients can work for you for years, mm-hmm. two, five, 10, 20 years. I've talked to some very experienced people who know their stuff, who have been in business, who serve clients well, but they never really did anything in the category of business development. Yeah. They never actually developed the muscles of client acquisition. So they're not used to talking to strangers at all. They're not used to sending out flyers or sending out emails or doing any sort of webinars or Mm -hmm. speaking on stages. They're not used to doing any of those things. So, so, so the, what I'm saying to to, to our listeners right now is these are muscles you have to develop. You, it, it, woe to the person who (laughs) talks to the magic sales guy who promises you he can do your biz dev for you. Woe to you. Oh my God, the, the, the abuse you're about to endure. By the way, how do I know? I took some of this abuse. Yeah. You need your own methodology for client acquisition. And to be very, very clear, I'm talking about the very beginning of no one knows who I am, pure strangers. And what is the process from pure stranger to client who loves you? Can you plot that out? I'm not suggesting that it needs to be complex. It doesn't have to be, but it does need to be honest. If I'm talking to someone who fits in my avatar, who, who's, a, who's the kind of person I want to work with, how can I picture, can I forecast how we go from, I have no idea who that guy is, to, boy, that guy's smart, and we should start working with them. Yeah. What does that look like? And we yeah, what does that look like? That. Because if, let's say I'm a new consultant going out independent for the first time, what it sounds like you're saying is cold calling, and that scares the you-know-what out of me. Yeah. That's yeah. not the only way to do this. No, it's right? not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And th- thank you. Thank you for saying that, because when my when I start talking like this to, to clients and prospects, that's what they hear mm-hmm. is cold calling, because that's all that we know. Right. We in our in our brain, there's two options. There's there's the folks I went to school with and the people I got. I got a call and don't know at all. We only have two options. And, and what we especially today's time with the tools available to us, there are all kinds of things in between all kinds of things. And so, so let me, let me hyper-focus us for those who are kind of, who are kind of maybe feeling a little, a little loose in this conversation. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. LinkedIn as a platform is for many of us, for the vast majority of us is the safest place to begin a client acquisition program, a business development program. I, and even when I talk about using LinkedIn, I am not saying you should reach out to reach out to strangers tomorrow and begin to corral them into your network. That's weird for you and for them, not necessary. But LinkedIn as a platform, the way it's been designed is to give people like us who have some experience a way of incrementally building our network in order to attract new opportunities. It's what the platform is for. But here's the thing, These, it, it does require some new muscles. There are some new things you're gonna have to do today that you probably didn't do yesterday. And, and this is not code for cold calling. It's not cold. This is not, this is not a code for cold, for cold pitching. There's a very, again, the tool gives you, gives you a lot of ways that that's, that's detail right now. That could be a bit overwhelming, but, but LinkedIn as a platform, I know we all know what LinkedIn is. gives gives us an approachable place to begin to develop some system, some, some system, some rhythm and get comfortable with, with uh, attracting clientele. In a way, in a way that that makes sense for our business. So, th- right. so there you have, it. there you have, it. and it, and it's not pinging somebody and saying, "Hey, I know you don't know me, but would you buy my fifty thousand dollar coaching program?" 
We are not talking about that. Right. No. That is, that's awkward. <laughs> that's cold calling. It it's is. awkward. It's yeah. It just doesn't work. The everything is about relationships, getting to know, like, and trust. Yes. Sir. And you don't do that by pitching. You do that by engaging. Right. Yes, sir. And that's, I'm learning the hard way, but I'm trying to get out there, engage with people on LinkedIn. Hey, love the post you just did. You know, that sounds like me, something like that, just to kind of start a conversation. And after you've shared a little bit and realize that you're both kind of on the same page, then it's like, Hey, maybe it makes sense for us to, you know, have a chat offline, you know, here's my phone or whatever. Right. And let's, 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 I I know you you want to, you want to transition here, but let's, let's soften that even a bit more for those who are, who are are thinking about doing this. I want to remind us as professionals, how discerning you are when you buy services. Yeah. So for just a minute here, right. Everyone just, just appreciate how deliberate you are when you decide to buy a thing that's 2000, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, what you go through in your own brain before you decide to find a vendor. Okay. I want to remind you that, that the person you are aspiring to talk to has a very similar thought process. Mm-hmm. They are discerning. They're discerning on purpose. And one of the things that they are, they, that they are discerning about is, is can this person solve my problem? And they need some, some comfort around that idea before right. they just open up their wallet and begin to con- consider, again, spending 40 grand with your, with, with your company. So I, wa- I want us to appreciate, I want to I remind you that you're discerning and so is your prospective client. And please give them an opportunity to practice that discernment. So by, by, by get engaging honestly, it makes it safer for them to see who you are, appreciate where you're coming from, and go, oh, that guy's not so bad. So when you, when you ask, hey, can I help you with that? That's a welcomed question instead of one that is, that, that is pushed away. But, but when we, we forget this, Harlan. We forget sure we when, it, when, it's, when it's our turn to sell, yeah. we forget about relationship. We forget about discernment. We just want that guy to buy my thing right now. Right. And, and, and so I want to just, while we're in this space, yeah. kind of massage that idea. hundred percent. Because the other person. I think that's why people have such a hard time with the cold calling. A lot of people build their business cold calling into businesses, trying to talk to the right person. My phone rings. It's a salesperson. I go, no. And I hang up. Yeah. Or I just don't even bother answering the phone. Right. It's people think, oh, that's what cold calling is. I don't want to be the recipient of that. Well, then don't do that to them. Yeah, don't right. Do that. That's right. If you want to build a relationship, that's, yeah, that's what this is all about. 100%. Very cool. All right. So yeah, let's transition. Talk about courage. Where did you find the courage? I mean, I know you said you, you know, working consulting for a long time, got yeah. kind of burned out. Um, where did you find that courage to say, I'm going to go do this on my own? Yeah. I uh, wouldn't call it courage. I call it anger. Okay. And, 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 and let's, let's have that conversation, please. Okay. So, so we, we talk about leadership and we love words like courage. Oh gosh. We start, we start bringing up people that we all respect, right. You know, Martin Luther King, mother Teresa boy. Right. And clearly, clearly those, those people are phenomenal human beings who have done phenomenal things. There's a place for leadership and a place for courage, but not the truth is, which we all know when we, when we, when we kind of get, get, get out of our ivory tower heady space, is that sometimes our, our entrance into leadership is not that elegant or refined. Sometimes we just find ourselves in a scenario and we have to just choose. Do I live or do I die? I choose live. And so then you just start, you start clawing at that scenario as best you possibly can. In my situation, I was, I was frustrated. I was frustrated working for someone else. I was frustrated with the, with the dynamic of what I felt to be weak leaders 
And and so and so I wanted to I'm in, I'm an ambitious professional at that point I was even younger and even more ambitious so I'm trying to do things grow things become things build a career and the, and the and the and the leadership in front of me wasn't offering that opportunity and I found that frustrating and so I, what I what I verbalized I remember this verbalizing this I said out loud to myself I could be of better use anywhere than here now there's power in that statement but it's also very mm -hmm. dangerous. Cause there's no, there's no specificity in it. I could be anywhere. So you could be out in a ditch. You could be on a waterfall. Like where's anywhere. I didn't know and didn't have an answer. So I just started doing things. Okay. So, so this, my courage, if you will, and I, and I just definitely understand the dialogue that we have mm -hmm. that we're having, but my initial thrust was because I was upset. Okay. And so, and so from that, from that uh, irritation, I had to accept responsibility for the new situation I was in. So I'll say, you're mad, right? And you don't want to be with them anymore, right? Okay, so now you're out here by yourself. Now what do you do? Yeah. You're up. Okay, so now you got to figure it out. And so, and so for me, that was, that was um, um, you get, you, uh, as I got better as a business person, I adopted more sound leadership principles. I began to reflect them and, 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 and execute on them more appropriately. But that's not, honestly, that's not where I started. I started from a place of irritation, of anger. Yeah. And we've all felt the frustration, right? Frustration is the difference between expectation and reality. We had an expectation. I was going to come out of school. I'm going to take over the world. You find out that it's not like the book said. In fact, most people are not following the books. They've never read the books. They're doing things backwards, right? It's obvious to you. It's not obvious to them. That is frustrating. And you decide to walk away. But a lot of people to me, courage is action, right? A lot of people, I mean, I can sit on my couch with my fuzzy slippers on and think great thoughts all day long, but if I don't do anything with them, mm -hmm. you know, it's not really courage. But a friend of mine is dealing with a, a disease. Um, I know I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's CIPD. Mm -hmm. He's struggling, neurological type stuff. Mm -hmm. But rather than just sitting back and saying, woe is me, he is founding like a, a, a fundraising mm -hmm. to try to help. You know, mm -hmm. he's using that frustration that there isn't mm -hmm. anything out there to help to, to make a, a difference. And it sounds mm -hmm. to me that's, that's what you did, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just being angry about it, you said, no, 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 I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something about this. And I'm going to make this yeah. in spite of and regardless of, of what else is going on. Yeah. Would, had you always been that type of person or did you uh, see that in somebody? Did you experience that somewhere? That's a great, that's a great question. I think, I think for those who know me, they would describe me as, as being some version of this. I've always been ambitious. Good. I've always been ambitious, uh, but I've always been ambitious my way. So when, so when, so that's true. So I will, I will own that as a, as a character trait. So if, when we talk about leadership, you know, sometimes people are predisposed, mm -hmm. right. To being a good musician, being, being a good baker, etc. And so right. some of us are predisposed to being good leaders. And so I've always had some ambition, but I've always, I've always had this, had this, had this sensibility, which is you don't just tell me what to do though. I don't, I mean, I, 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 I'm happy to follow your leadership and do what you say. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm not, not opposed to, to, to following instructions, but you can't just tell me, I just blindly just do it. Right. No, no, no. Show me the cliff. Are we jumping or are we walking? <laughs> if we're jumping, is there a parachute? Cool. Let's jump. But I'm not just going to just walk off the cliff because you say so. I've always been that kind of guy, uh, but I've also been willing to go to the cliff with you. Right. I will go to the cliff. So that's so so guilty guilty as far as as far as I'm concerned on having that part of the um, 
of the uh, of the um, um, uh, you know attribute. But I will say what you what you what you've highlighted here is I, I've already admitted that I, I got to a place where I was overwhelmed and didn't know what to do, and so then there was some humility that kicked in. I had to actively apply this thing called humility. So you know, saying you're humble is one thing, but saying you don't know and then going to go figure it out one way or another is something different. Absolutely. And I had gaps in my game that I didn't know. And it wasn't until I got out, I got out, started, started doing sure. my own thing, where I realized, oh, I was like, you don't know how to do these things. Right. There's a way of doing them and you don't know. And so you got to go figure that out. And so um, what I had to, where one part of it may have been intuitive, that's what I'm trying to say. The ambition was intuitive. Well, I was like, you're always an ambitious guy. That's all, it's always how you've been, how you've been. But yeah, but when I got to that edge and I didn't know what to do, I had to figure out what to do. I couldn't just, you know, ball up my fist through this one. I got to figure this one out, man. It's life or death here. And I had to take a seat on that ledge and, and, and think, think and ponder and discover and, you know what I mean? And plan and, and recover yeah. because I had, I had, I had gone quite a way. So hopefully that, 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 that absolutely that no. grounds, that lands. That's good. Yeah. Cause somebody asked me a long time ago, you know, do you think a leader leaders are born or are they made? And my answer was yes. I, I think you have to have that kernel of leadership, right? But then you also have to learn what's been done before. How is it done? How can I improve on what's been done? How can I make it my own? Stuff like that. So I think there's a combination of the two. I don't think, I don't think you can just pull anybody off the street and make them a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They either have it that uh, that ingrained little you know seed yeah. of leadership, or they don't. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you'll allow me, there's a classmate of mine. And I, I tell the story every time I can, because this is not my insight. It came from a classmate. It's a classmate of mine when I was in business school, we, we, we were taking a leadership class. And, and this, this professor had a, had a way of making the points very direct. So, you know, we would discuss the idea and, it, and it's in his theory. Okay. Now, what do you do? He had a way of kind of getting, getting to that. Okay. So what do you do now? What? No, no, not, not him or in theory, what do you do? And so, and so I forgot the exact question. But boy, he set up my classmate really good. He was over here looking on the right. And he turned to the left and said, what do you do about this? And the question was some version of, of, of where does leadership come from? Yeah. And my classmate, who just frozen, right? Because he didn't, he didn't see this question coming. It, he, he offered what I thought to be incredibly insightful. What he said was, I think leadership is a skill. And some people are better at it than others. And for me, that was crystal clear. I was done with the class at that point. I wrote that down. I pressed, I, I period, and I was, and I was out of there. So some of us, again, I, I believe, are, are predisposed. We have a thing that makes us makes us go down that chain faster. Um, some of us are not, so we we go we go a little slower. But I think there's 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 a, there's a skill. I think so. I'm agreeing with you in the spirit of there's there's a there's a thing to be cultivated, right? Uh, and yet, but you have to be willing to be cultivated. And then there's the there's yeah. the thing. Yeah, because I, you know, different levels of, of of knowledge, right? There's the stuff that you know you don't know. You know, I I when I started getting into this stuff, there's a lot about leadership that I thought I knew, and yeah. then as I read books, watch the videos, things like that, go to different conferences or whatever, you realize there's a lot about this that I I don't know. You yeah. know, I was thought a long time ago, leadership was basically management. Can mm-hmm. you get stuff done? Okay, mm-hmm. that's not really it. Mm-hmm. You know, managers manage the time and the skills and everything like that. Leaders kind of set the vision, mm-hmm. the vision, the mission purpose, where are we going, how we plan to get there. And will you follow me? Will you follow me? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that is a skill that you can, you can hone, but I definitely think you have to have that, that initial something in you that says, you got to want to do it. Yes, you do. do. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Agreed. You got you got to want to do it. Yeah. Because because it will ask which you already know. It will ask things of you. You didn't know were required. There is a cost. There is a if you plan to lead, you will pay a cost for doing so. Yeah. Now, that cost can range for different, different folks. But if you don't want to do it, you won't pay that cost. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm working with a, a couple of clients now that are fairly new to being the boss. Yeah. Um, they've worked their way up in the organization. It's a difficult transition from buddy to boss. Big time. Big time. Yes, sir. That's tough. And if they're not ready to let go of that, to put that, you know, I had a guy describe it one time as the uh, little plexiglass shield between you and the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. He's driving. You're the passenger, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't tell him what to do. He doesn't tell you what to do. And uh, that's a tough transition. It is. Yes, it is. It, that's a, that's a great, right. From buddy, from buddy to boss. It is. Oh gosh. Uh, and it's, and it's one, it's one we're not trained for. So there's no class for this. Uh, there, there are leadership classes like, like the right. ones I just told you I took, sure. but, but they're, they're often uh, ivory tower, uh, uh, high thinking, very conceptual in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is a groundedness in, in, in the way that your podcast is structured and the way, the way you, you dialogue with folks that is no, we have to do something in the micro in the present about what we're describing and it's got to be good for all parties involved. Are you okay with that? How do you think about that? How should you move forward? Yeah. And that is, uh, that's real. And uh, the, you will lose friends, quote unquote. You lose yeah. your buddies in order to do that. Yeah. To say it a bit differently, the, 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 the relationship changes. Mm-hmm. So they don't stop becoming to. your friends, yeah. but, but it is a different relationship. It has to change. Yeah, it almost has to. Yeah, I've, I've known you know, people that are, professors, university professors, college professors, that they know the theories and they teach from the books and they may even be their book. Mm-hmm. Once you get out of the world, what was that saying that uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy? Yes. You yes. have a plan, but the minute you get out there, as, and especially as a consultant, you have the theories, you have the, the, the processes, here's the, the plans and everything like that. When you get to a client site, you do what needs to be done. That's you right. don't just March along and follow step one, step two. You do what needs to be done. That's right. What about books? Are you reading any good books or have you any good books that you would say, hey, these help me along the way? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, good to great as, yes. as, 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 as it's almost cliched how, off, how often it is offered. Yes. Uh, but the book in its fundamentals, without getting lost in all the fancy stuff, in its fundamentals, mm-hmm says to us that there's, there's, there's a bell curve of companies and some folks on that bell curve are way out performing the others. Yeah. Why? And good to great gives us some very simple understanding on that. Why? And I think if, to miss that is to, is to, is to miss out on, on, the, on your own gift. Like, yeah. you know, someone's giving you a gift and you're just not taking it. So, so, so good to great offers us something really good. Um, 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 e-myth is a book I recommend often mm-hmm. uh, this whole idea of creating systems um, um, if, if we're talking about leadership, we should be, we should be working to create repeatable excellence. We should be doing really great things. I mean, folks should expect a great outcome from us. Um, uh, I don't, I don't eat meat, but I respect the heck out of Chick-fil-A. So I don't, I don't even eat, but I just, sometimes I just go and I just buy food, you know, buy, buy French fries. Cause I'm like, y'all just do this. Don't y'all They're like, y'all just have a way of just being amazing in every interaction. That's intentional, good people. That's systematic. Yes. It's not just hiring great people, quote unquote. That's a cop out. Yeah. They have a systematic way of attracting great talent and nurturing that greatness so sure. you can experience it when you buy your lemonade. 
And anywhere you go in the country, you stop at a Chick-fil-A, the service, the food, everything is exactly the same. That's right. That's, that's how they do it. That's intentional. That's leadership, good people. So, yeah. you know, take from that what you will, but there's any part of that is, is, is useful. So, 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 yes. uh, so E-Myth, E-Myth is a, E-Myth isn't about Chick-fil-A, but just Chick-fil-A is an example of what mm-hmm. the E-Myth kind of thinking, a, this process-based thinking can get you. It's not just write it down on a list. There's, yeah. a, it, there's intentionality you get to overlay on that list. There you have it. So, so, uh, and, and, um, Seth Godin, one more while, 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 while we're talking, mm-hmm. he's written a cup, a number of books there's some, there are some, there are some philosophies that, that are, that are common in, in his, in his, um, in his material. And one basic idea is, is the idea of being remarkable. So if you're going to do it, do it well. And, and sometimes we, we forget, sometimes we assume that showing up is remarkable. No, you being here today is not remarkable. Thank you for coming to work. Yeah. Right. Your intentionality and in doing something really good for those who are here. That's remarkable. And you get yeah. rewarded for that. You get paid for that. You get to stay around for that. There's va- there's, there's there's real ROI yeah. on the effort of being remarkable. And so Seth Godin writes a number of books that, that, that help remind us of those ideas. Nice. Yeah. I talked to clients about um, employee engagement, why it's important to make sure your employees are engaged. They have uh, what do you call discretionary effort? Right? Yes, yeah, they do. <laughs> right. Yes. When you yes. go to Las Vegas, you have discretionary funds that you set aside to lose in Las Vegas. Yes. And anytime you go there, you're going to visit a lot of my money out there. <laughs> um, employees have discretionary effort. They can either bring to the table or not. Mm. If they feel engaged, if they feel that you view them as valuable and worthwhile, they'll bring that extra. You know, the mm-hmm. things that they learned in their, in their career, they'll bring that to the table and yes, say, hey, will. I can help. Otherwise, it's like, you know, they don't pay me to do that. Right. I could fix it, but they don't pay me. And right. uh, yeah. If, if, if I can, there's a, a micro moment that happened to me this morning. A client of mine sent me an email okay. and, and the email said, uh, I'll make up the names just for speed. The email mm-hmm. said, Susan came to me today and said that Tanya is unhappy at work. And, and, and my client was concerned that Tanya might be leaving the company. And so his brain kind of went to, ah, I'm losing an employee. And what do I do? I got to find somebody to replace her, et cetera. And one of the things I said back to him that, that fits in this category is, but good job, good job to you, client, because the first person came to you and said that someone else is speaking about being uncomfortable or, or you know, perhaps <laughs> want, wanting to transition. So if you if, if you're leading well, that's what happens. Yeah. Right. People start to give you the pulse of the organization. I'm not talking about tattling. I'm right. talking about the pulse. Do you understand what's happening with those that, 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 that work for you, that, that were with you? Good leadership creates this. This is discretionary. Yeah. Yes. Because his person could have, could have said, they don't pay me to, to, to tell him anything. I'm going to just sit here and just, and just he'll figure it out later. But yeah. nope, she chose to get out of her seat and go visit boss and go, boss, I think so-and-so might need some attention. Yeah. That's discretionary. You know, so there you go. There you go. That's good. an example. But I would also argue a good leader, that should not come as a surprise to them. They should know. They should be aware of these things that are going on. But in, that's in, in, in his, another in his discussion. Case, <laughs> but in his defense, he yes. does know that she was, she may be a coming right. issue. So it was, so we can he go on that. and on, Perfect. but, 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 but point made, point made. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you look for in a leader? Oh gosh. Uh, so there's a, there's a couple of things. So I consider my clients to be leaders. Uh, the way I work with my clients, we have to apply leadership. So, so again, these three, these three, these three pillars are important from a very mechanical management point of view. Three pillars, but what's also important for my clients is you, as the expert, have to communicate this spirit of competency. 
this 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 this, this spirit of 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 guide Mm-hmm. Um, this this leadership to your to to the, your clients. They have to know that by talking to you, they're talking to a pro. Yeah. And and so it, in my world, it's important that I I see those characteristics, or at least the willingness to to your earlier point, the willingness to operate or function in that way. So one of the things that is a direct turnoff for me is ego, flat out yeah. ego. Now. I am not afraid of someone's confidence in themselves. I'm not afraid of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of 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 proven, you know, the the, the proven proven resume. Doesn't doesn't scare me at all. Um, I'm happy to debate with my clients. You don't like it? What do you? How would you rather do it? None of that scares me at all. Right. What matters to me is that is that we are using that ego, if you will, that ego energy toward or for the right thing. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out how to how to serve our clients better. And so you can be as you give me all the bravado you got, as long as you give it to them so that they can be successful being your client, I'm all bored, man, sing your song, do your dance. But if, if we're doing this bravado so that you can get me to submit, for example, you're debating with me, that's a useless exercise. One, I don't play that game. And secondly, it doesn't, no one values it. No one gets any value from it. It's just you being selfish. Yeah. So uh, I may, I may have over answered there, but, but, no, but, but there's all a, good stuff. There's a, a um, uh, th- this 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 value of of being um, less ego, so that so so that you are coachable, so that so that you can provide the excellence you, you intended. Exactly. No, well said. Um, do you have any employees working with you, or is it just you right now? I have one. Okay. I have one working working with me. Uh, I have uh, I have scaled down and scaled up as I as I as I find the best model that I like yeah. to serve my clients, etc. But so, but at this moment, I have one. Nice. Um, and prior to uh, Coveted Consultant, did you uh, were you manager of other people, other yeah, employees? I had I had up to five. I, I've had up to okay. five people working for me at, at one given point in time. Um, there's always additional freelancers that are that are you know kind of you know floating around, if you will, on yeah. on a, on a, on, a, on, a, on an ad hoc basis. Uh, so that is um, that is, and what I've learned is that is the size where I want to function. So you always have the option of going more employees right. or et cetera. That's just not really what I want to do. And I think that's yeah. also a leadership choice. It's mm-hmm. a choice. Sure. Um, um, et cetera. So, yeah. yeah, no, some people want to grow big, you know, have hundreds, thousands of employees and stuff. And other people say, no, I want to do this the right way. I'll bring in experts when I need them. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense. If I was to bump into any of your employees, just on the street casually and, and and we started a conversation and I asked them what type of leader you were. What do you think they tell me? What kind of leader are you? What, what kind of leader am I? Um, um, I think, I think one theme that you would hear, they would say it their way is they'd say that I am interested in their success. Gotcha. Um, so I, I what, one, what a, a habit that I'm in is I explain what I'm trying to do. I explain the intention of what I'm trying to do. I explain how I believe we should get there with the best set of steps I think are necessary. I'm open to dialogue about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not always right. Happy to be wrong. In fact, we got a better way of doing it. Third is what do you need from me? So what do you need from me to pull off what we just described? Because let me be very, very clear. I need my intentions met. So my job is to make sure that, th- that they are good intentions. I own that part. So I mm-hmm. communicate that part. But everything underneath that, negotiable. So what do you need from me? Time, money, effort, whatever it is to get there. And I think, I think folks, the folks who work, who work with me are surprised 
on how ambitious, <laughs> how forward, how aggressive sometimes I can be with that support. Uh, so once we agree on the goal and, and some method of, to get there, then I start sending them things. You need this? You need this and this? You need this or this? What you need? Talk back to me. Which of these things do you need to get that thing done we talked about? Right. And uh, some folks are, 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 are presently surprised. So so that's one application of me being interested in their success. But I try my best to communicate that single idea, if, if not anything else. Awesome. Well, I think that's part of being a leader is is to create more leaders, not more followers. Big time. Right. I think we yeah. have enough followers as it is. Right. But you're right. How can I help? You know, here's the goal. How can I help you get there? Yeah. I think yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, if you had to do it all over again, would you do things differently? Would you still go through and get your master's and your MBA and everything? And man, man, if I had to do it again, um, I think some yes and no, and there's, there's a chance for, for me to really over answer this question. <laughs> so, so let me, here's a perspective I have now. I don't, at the time of this recording, I do not have children. And I think a lot about, uh, but my, but my wife and I have plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think a lot about, what I want my children to learn as a result of my experience and the habits that I'd like them to adopt so they can be who they, who they want to be, be who they feel called to be, make some good choices along the way versus just kind of going to go get a good job. Okay. Um, so I think it's less about for me doing it over again, because this is, is the journey that I have is, and it's, it's how I got here, but, but making sure that my, my, my children have, even, have an even better understanding of what their options are. So if you want to go to business school, you can, but you should understand that folks who go to business school typically end up in one of three basic careers. So if you want to, if you, you know, if you want to go to school, you, you should probably want to be an A, a B or a C, you know, and if you do great, if you don't, then don't go do, go do something else. Uh, if, you, if you want to start a business, you can, but you, but you should probably give yourself six to nine months of leeway. You should probably give yourself X number of dollars of budget. You should probably go ahead and hire a person or two in this capacity up front. So you can so you can so you can meet meet your metrics more more quickly. These are things I know very clearly now because of what I've experienced that I wouldn't know if I was starting over. Um, let me stop there so I don't I don't go overboard. But that, but that's that's how that's how I think about that question. No, I think that's good. And and you'd said you'd known from an, an early time that you wanted to be a management consultant. Did you have a model that you'd seen? Did you you know did you experience something and said that's what I want to do? I. Uh, so, so the first thing I remember, I, I, I remember going, going to school, going to under, undergraduate, and I was just going to just, you know, work a job like anybody else works a job. I figured I'd be in some sort of manufacturing environment. I think that was in the back of my mind somewhere without ever verbalizing it, but I thought I'd be in some sort of manufacturing environment and I would, you know, work a job, become senior VP one day. Good for me. Yep. And then I learned that there, there, there's people called consultants, management consultants specifically, and they got paid for talking. And that blew my mind. It yep. bl- it brand new paradigm for me. So they don't make anything. They don't make anything. And even what they do doesn't get made. Like like they just they fly and they do first class and they get and they they they, they uh the the meals are all paid for and they just show up and talk. That's nuts. Okay, so that's so that's how that's how I got I got introduced to management consulting, and then I began to appreciate that that, that there are some skills being leveraged, there yeah. are some things you have to do. That, that there is some rigor applied to the experience. It's not all just fluffiness and. and, and I was going to say, words. don't pull the curtain back too much. We we want to keep this to ourselves, right? <laughs> but you're right. Everybody thinks, wow, what a glamorous life! You get to fly everywhere, you get to stay in hotels, you get to eat in restaurants. It's like my wife and I both. We would travel to the airport Monday morning or Sunday night. 
she'd fly one way, I'd fly the other. We'd go yeah. to our client sites, work, come back Friday, meet in baggage claim, come home, do laundry, go right back out again. Yeah. It's like riding a bus and it's like being quarantined almost. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's lonely. It's not that glamorous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now there is, for those of us, which is, there's some, there's some overlap here, but just very quickly, if you, what it does for your career, the, the number of scenarios you can introduce to yes. and the intensity of them and the speed of them is so intense. You learn a lot in a very tight yeah. amount of time. So you can, if you're intelligent, again, the thing I would tell my children, if you, if you're intelligent and aware during the experience, yeah. you can leverage what you've learned to do other things. And, and, and consultants do this all the time, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you've got to be aware though. You got to be pay, 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 pay attention to what, to, to what, to what's happening. Exactly. Um, but I, but to, 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 your core question there is I got drawn into the flash the flashing lights. I learned there was a skill. There's some skills underneath it. And I found that I was good at those skills. I found that I was good at verbal communication. I found that I was willing to do the work to be good at verbal communication. But as we know, there's some research you got to go do some stuff, some, some things you got to go write down. You got to figure some things out so you can go put forth your recommendations. And uh, I, I saw that as a skill set and I began to double down and triple down on that skill set. And I've been leveraging that skill set ever since, no matter what they ever called me, no matter, no matter mm -hmm. what I called myself, this idea of being a good advisor and what it means to be a good advisor is a skill. I'm very aware of that. And I practice that skill as often as I can. Um, so, so that's, so there's the connection for me with, about me, me being a management consultant. Very cool. No, and I, it, it comes out in your YouTube channel. I said the videos are awesome because they're not only entertaining, they're insightful and they're actionable, which I think is great. Um, aside from YouTube, and I will put all this information down in the show notes so people have it, where can people find you if they want to learn more about Coveted Consultant? Yeah, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. So in, in addition to YouTube, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. I only know one Alze. So if you can just get my first name right, you know, you'll find okay. me. There's only no one Alze. Uh, Alze Calhoun is my full name. Okay. Uh, 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 so I have a website, covetedconsultant.com. Okay. Uh, but a lot of, as, as you've already expressed, Harlan, the, a lot of the, what is it like to work with me? What is this guy trying to do? You know, what, 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 what do his clients say? Yeah. The, the YouTube channel is, is the most elegant way I have of making that available. So uh, if you're look, looking for the kind of the flavor of the culture of how I work, uh, the YouTube channel g gives you that flavor and culture. Awesome. So what's next? Oh, gosh. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you for asking that. What's next? So what I've learned, and this is, boy, I'm trying to crunch like 10 years of effort here into, into the next 30 seconds. What I've learned is... As consultants, we're really smart people, but we have bad business building habits. And so I do not challenge your expertise. I, I, matter of fact, I assume it. I assume that you are everything you say that you are. But we've got to build a business around all that expertise. And that requires, again, a new, a new set of skills. And so there is a, I've, I, the, the coaching clients I'm working with right now, we're working on the business side of this expertise. We're working and to even to be even more specific about that, I already expressed the three pillars, but installing those three pillars at the exact same time is overwhelmed. It's too much to do, right? So stop it. We're not going to even try to do that. Instead, we turn these three pillars into a pathway to follow. So well, let's work a plan here. So let's develop your specific plan for your business. And then let's install these pillars one appropriate step at a time. 
and let's experience and value the leverage that we get as we install one micro piece. And again, as, as consultants who live in our brain, we think really, really big. We want to learn it and then, and then think we can go, go do it in one big chunk. And that's a, that's a danger place for us. So, so, so the effort is to slow our brains down, slow our thinking down and appreciate today's step in the monstrous goal you're trying to accomplish. And then tomorrow we'll add step two and that creates momentum. So that community is what I'm looking, I'm looking to build. There's some clients in that community right now, but that is really, I want that to be a standalone asset, a standalone community of consultants who are not only just smart, but are also savvy on the business side of the house as well and have provided a lifestyle business that they can live in. And if that's six figures for you, great. If it's seven figures for you, great. If it's eight, I, don't, I really don't care. At, underneath all of that, there are some core disciplines you need to respect. And as you respect them, those goals become more, more, more real. So that is, that's my community that I'm currently building at awesome. this moment. Awesome. Um, and do you have any more webinars or anything like that coming up in the past? Yep. Covetedconsultant.com slash free. Okay. So, so, so whatever I'm doing at that, at, at, at any given moment in time is always at that link.com slash free. Uh, at this moment, I'm doing live webinars weekly where we're having nice. this exact conversation. So you can determine, are you ready for this kind of work? Do you want to do it? Is this the best place for you? So the webinars give us a chance um, to have that dialogue. So for as long as I'm Excellent. doing them live, at least that's where they'll be.com slash free. Excellent. Very cool. I'll say this has been awesome. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed it as much as yeah. I did. I got a lot out of it. I've been taking notes and I hope everybody listening, you guys are I'm taking on. notes too. I'm on. Very cool. No, I appreciate it. So definitely check out the YouTube channel and check out covetedconsultant.com forward slash free for those ongoing webinars. Um, and that's it for me. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and uh, stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now. 